CJ, what is that thumping that's happening on your end? It could be my rocking chair. Why are you in a is rocking it? chair? I've been in a rocking chair this whole time, bro. You've Every been in a rocking day. chair this whole time? Yeah, you can hear it sometimes in the episodes. That? <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I guess when the CJs are rocking... Thank God no one can see what I'm doing. Yeah, it looks horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it <looks like> <laughs> of you joining us for the first time this is icon or Wycon, the show where we break down your favorite film franchises one movie at a time i am here my name is andrew david sotomayor and i'm here with the aunt antiope to my young diana mr cj laroche cj how you feel once again i'm being compared to the old person who dies first in the movie. I just don't understand. I mean, Robin Wright Penn is fierce as fuck. She Thank actually you. does the other half of the narration that no everybody always misses that. She does the other half of the narration in the movie. But I just don't appreciate being killed first and being kind of old. But anyway, I'm fine, Andrew. How are you tonight? <laughs> I'm doing okay. I'm very excited because we have a special guest today. We do have a special guest from down under, but actually down on, I think, like 85th Street. It's like Queens, really, but... <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, great. Out there. <laughs> we, were just having, we were just having a conversation about that. Uh, I would like to introduce the one and only Emma Canalisi. Welcome, Emma. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very oh, excited to be here. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. Uh, our 17 listeners will really, really be thrilled to finally hear a, a female voice uh, on the Andrew, other... Yeah? Andrew, what's, what, Remember, we're down to 16 listeners. We lost Lena. Your wife? Because you put her, Your wife. You, you, put Your her wife. The, you put her you put her in the cold open last week and now she she's out. Oh, now she's out? She's out. She was not <laughs> pleased with what we were talking and texting about, and then so she's gone. I legit asked her permission before I put that in. I'm just was that was that supposed to be like that was a it was a yes that meant like no? Was that what that was? Yeah, you're supposed to read her mind. Like uh, I have to. <laughs> Okay. Well, I, I will work on my telepathy. Uh, CJ, why don't you tell us what movie we're talking about today? Okay, the movie that we are here to discuss today is the fourth installment in the DCCPC <laughs> LMNOP universe. This is Attack of the Greeks. No, 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 no. No, it's not. It's, it's Lupin's Revenge. No, try again. I'm going to try one more time. Last time. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Yes. yes. Wonder, Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Starring the great Galga. It's Gadot. I'm almost positive. It's Gadot. I'm Gadot. almost positive it's Gadot. It yeah. is Gadot. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I was now, wondering this myself. Gadot as well? Like, do we have to change the whole theater landscape now? You know, no. it's hard because I'm French, right? So I look at it and I see the word Godot. I'm French yeah. Canadian. I see the word Godot. I don't see Gadot, but she's Gadot. And she's she's fucking Gadam everything in this movie. <laughs> I yes, she is. I agree with you. She's amazing. I uh, okay. This is great that Emma's here. Not only does she agree with me, but I'm not going to have to do all the heavy lifting tonight. So I'm excited about that. Oh no! I mean, um, so my <laughs> I'm gonna, I was just going to start with I. This is the film that brought me back to superhero films Ooh. because. 
as a kid, I was super into them and my mum actually loved them. And I was like, you know, all those kind of 80s films, they were just really some of the favourite viewing. And then I think when I was like in my mid-teens, um, it just lost me. I felt like I wasn't being written for or spoken to. And then Wonder Woman came out and I cried when the trailer came out because it was very exciting to like see it. So I am all about Wonder Woman and Gal and all the gals and <laughs> every one right. of them. Right. You know? No, this movie I had think- a lot of responsibility to your point, Emma, that, you know, this is like, we've seen a lot of really bad, super uh, female hero movies to this point, right? Wait, have like, we? No, we have. Supergirl was bad. Oh, listen, 80s. listen, listen. I will not bad. have you in my presence malign the Helen Slater Faye Dunaway classic. No, we talked about it. Like, I liked it, but it was bad. Uh, it was How bad. How Catwoman was bad. Yeah. Right? Like, anytime that Cat a female was stepped out, you know, that they've they've put them in the in the lead role. Like, they haven't done it justice. Like, it's been bad. Okay. And they've and always here been, here we are like... now with this movie, and wow. Yeah, and it feels like all the all the females prior to this were somehow villainous. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, there was always this side of them that was portrayed as um, either they were the vixen or the seductress. So there was something that always I found, it just always felt, you know, for one of another description, the male gaze. It just always felt like n- no woman I know would actually be a superhero like that. And then... I feel like they did a really good job with this one. Interestingly enough, I mean, and this is my own kind of as I was watching this for this, I didn't actually realise the first one, how it had been written by three men. Um, Yes. So I found that, like, I thought that was actually really um, to their credit that they did a really good job. And who knows, you know, at the end of the day, how much they had to do with the final cut and in in terms of just like what... um, Patty Jenkins brought to it but I really felt like they found a good voice for her I mean I could go on like I just found like the whole progression of that character was really um interesting and telling in terms of like from a female perspective so that's what I really was outstanding and there was very there was no Mary Sue about it yeah right like she's not she's not perfect she's she's got flaws she doesn't know what the fuck's going on she was created by a man this character so like going way back right like the guy right. who, who invented the polygraph invented this character. I once did two plays with the guy that invented the first oral contraceptive. Okay. He wrote plays. I staged managed them. That's not important. But what I'm saying is that it's so amazing to have that perspective, right? This, 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 she's the ultimate female superhero. Well, yeah, and- she's the one. And honestly, she was she was created by the man that created the polygraph, which I find fascinating that she has a lasso that makes you tell the truth because right. he created the lasso before he created the polygraph. And that's super Although cool. In this one, it's called the lasso of Hestia. Hestia yes. being the Greek goddess of like the home and the family, etc. Yeah, right. well, they, they did some uh, they took some cues from the new 52 version of the character where they sort of rewrote her a little bit and and added a lot more Greek flair to it. Right. Cause I think line. that if I'm, if I did my research correctly, I do think that like Jason and the Argonauts, one of what he had to do was to go and get the golden lasso from Hippolyta in the actual Greek mythology at some point. So it feels like there's some tie in. Oh yeah. There's, there's plenty oh, of time. Sure. And, and also like the original, they, they called it paradise Island, which this movie gives a nod to paradise Island, but new 52 helped rebrand it as Themyscira 
Like yes. they, they really tried to make it. Uh, she was made from clay in the original version of the story, which is the story that she knows. And then we find out that she actually is like the daughter of Zeus and she was, right. she was given. There's, there's so much cool stuff. How do we feel about this? Listen to this. The beginning of this movie, we have this mm-hmm. opening Themyscira sequence, right? That's pretty badass and it has the narration and it goes on and on. It's very Batman Begins in its approach. It's really, really beautiful. But the way it culminates in that reveal of Gal, that first reveal of her as Diana, was that mm-hmm. not breathtaking? That whole sequence leading up to her initial reveal was something so was such spectacular filmmaking for me. Yeah, I legitimately cried, and most women that I've spoken to about that started crying in that sequence because I've never seen a sequence, and I'm sure this has been said many times, with that many women, like in that that training sequence and the whole like way they told her story of like maturing and and getting to that place where she's this she hasn't quite realized all her power yet right but like you know that's what it culminates to that suddenly it's so interesting the way they like did it's almost like a tiny um contracted origin story like so quickly done but we understand everything that's going on with it and it's all women. That was the thing. I actually time-checked it at that point. It was like, how long have we been watching this? I think it was at least 20 minutes of it's predominantly women on screen yeah. fighting. Non- it was, non-illustrated men had not appeared yet. It was yet. awesome. Yeah. And I just, like, was, like, watching it. And, you know, I mean, I come from a movement background and I was just watching it going, it's so beautifully shot. They're really, like, taking time with making sure that we're seeing, like, the way that these women are training and moving and the beauty in it, but the strength in it. Yeah. I thought that was really beautifully done and very moving, legitimately moving. And it's one of the sequences when I've spoken to other women about it, that it's always one of the first things we reference is just like that sequence. I think the way that this movie handles the relationship between men and women throughout it is, is just so successful. There's a couple of things that really stick out to me. The first is that when they get on the boat, together it's a great moment when steven gal get on the boat together and we have this sexual tension but it's not played for sexual tension right it's played for laughs yeah because we've got a man and a woman alone in a boat that doesn't mean that they're gonna fuck yeah right and she even almost she's almost winking at the camera like i don't know you want to fucking sleep there what do i care she actually says there's plenty (laughs) of room like she thinks it's ridiculous they're like you can't sleep with me like is that so what because because how could he resist her temptress ways it's the way she frames the thinking is hilarious she's like i i don't understand like yeah and then (laughs) later on like when 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 we're in when we're in no man's land Right. Like the, the, that's why this, this director is like one of my favorites on earth now. She's incredible. It's no man's land. Yeah. No man, no man is able to cross it. Right. Like the, 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 the low hanging fruit is there is, well, I'm not a man, I'm going, but it's yeah. not, it's like, that's I'm, true. I'm a person. And what am I going to do about that? Like you tell me no right. man can cross it. Like what, what am I going to do? Not like, what am I going to do as a woman? Right. And even as a man, like as a straight white man, here I am, I'm not feeling bad about myself at all during this movie. Right. Right. Like they're, they're, right. It, it doesn't it doesn't treat men and, and it doesn't treat men and women as like a fucking idea. It just develops characters and puts them in mm-hmm. real life, quote unquote, situations and doesn't lean on all of the tropes that we've seen in movies forever. Well, because actually Steve is a really modern idea of man, really, of, of, a, of a straight man, you know, like he has these concepts that you know he's sticking to but he's not 
pushing them and he's he's very accepting of like who she is it's not she's he's not criticizing her ever he's he's, it's almost like he's like oh well you know uh, okay I'll go sleep with you all right well fine and and then I just love like the subtle way that he's like so have you uh you know what do you guys do (laughs) oh I know I just it's so well done (laughs) Steve is great Steve is great the the writing on Steve is great and I gotta give props to Chris Pine because I'm watching him and and the way the the only thing you know he really makes some stuff work I, I think the whole nude scene with him uh, and and Diana seeing his penis, I think that's so silly, and it's a little bit cringe. I think he plays it well, but like the, his mugging to the camera, he's like, I mean, they would say I, I'm above average. I was like, Bleh, gross. <laughs> but he even, but at the end of the day, he really made that scene work. He actually managed to make that yeah. horrible dialogue charming. And yeah. I was when I was watching it, I was so taken by the fact I was like, he managed to be part of several major franchises, consistently deliver. And he never got so famous that he only does Chris Pine movies. He never got, uh, we don't hear a lot of his personal life out in the streets. You know, mm-hmm. we don't hear a lot about ridiculous stuff. It's like Chris Pine has managed to be very successful and keep it super low key. And that's pretty spectacular. Well, because also like in this film, like you really think he, you feel, because I think he actually believes it himself as a person, as an actor. Like he really um, respects these women. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like it, he doesn't um, fall into, like even in the moment when he goes, um, she goes into the um, British uh council rooms mm-hmm. and she's not supposed to be there oh, it's, it's, it's kind of yeah it's not done in this kind of like you've done a terrible thing it's just like mm, you know you, sh- you probably shouldn't be in here it's just treated really well it's almost like he he's kind of this commentary on like um like what a man could be you don't have to be offended by everything he's he's the only reason he's acting this way is because it's supposedly what he's supposed to be doing but very quickly he shifts when he sees the ability that she has and then he genuinely loves her, you know, like he, he does. He, he falls it, in love with her. Yeah. It's the, very, only, very the, only thing, the only time he ever like steps up and like says, no, is when she's about to stab dude in the middle of the party. Yes. Have we ever exactly. warned our listeners about spoilers? I don't think we ever have. We never do because like, I, I, because I don't care. I like spoilers. Okay. You're, you're, you you're do the like one. Spoilers. Yeah. I like spoilers. And if you're listening oh, I'm to the one, yeah. I'm the one. Yeah. What do and you mean I'm the one? And here's the thing. Let's keep it real. If you're listening to a podcast with two dudes digesting a movie, you're going to assume that they're going to talk about something you haven't seen if you haven't seen the movie yet. Now, yeah. we do have at least three listeners that I know of that don't even watch the movies. They just like hearing us talk, which warms my heart. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah. We should send them cookies. We should. It's pretty much my mixy dulcet tones that they're attracted to. Um, wait, okay. now, speaking of mixy dulcet tones, this is completely unrelated, but how do we feel about this makeover sequence? Because I think it's super fun, and I specifically love how they get the glasses in there, and he gives her the yes. glasses, and Edda's like, oh, so suddenly she's not the most beautiful woman in the world. Beautiful woman you've ever seen, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 Man of Steel, Man of Steel, uh, Knock, also, uh, it's reverence to the Richard Donner films. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. It's so smart, so sweet. I yeah. love it. And then it leads into that alley fight where, like, she whoops their asses. Yeah. Yep. Another yeah. Richard Donner Superman nod with the bullet. Uh, yeah, exactly. And before that, walking into yeah. the revolving door, too. Right? Yes. Like that's straight out of straight out of Superman '80s Superman. Do you know? Do you know what's funny? Since you're on this uh, side of things with the '80s Superman, I was very taken on the rewatch 
about how, and this is a little bit going forward, but I was very taken at how similar in tone it actually is to 1984. Because, because one of the complaints about 1984 was this sort of like broad camp factor of it that was not, they thought it was atypical of a Wonder Woman movie. And I was like, no, that's actually what we saw in Justice League. Justice mm. League was more serious, had less powers, less... Mm. You know, she she was less fun. Like mm. watching this movie again, I was like, "Oh, that tone lines up perfectly." It's it's fun. The movie is very fun. It embraces how fun it is. Doctor Poison, like the way she looks at the camera, she's like, "I think I know what to do." I was like, "It it's so aware that it is a very comic booky send up of World War Two, like right. L- Ludendorff World was War not I. World War One. I'm sorry, World War One. World War One. You know what? Yeah, I was this thinking. This is Steve Trevor, not Steve Rogers, that dies in the plane at the end. Thank you. <laughs> Much appreciated. Right. I feel like. I feel like we just kind of slept on the humor factor of this movie because we were so caught up in how brilliant Gal was, and all the caught major up in how brilliant Gal moments. was, and and caught up in. How- how like the DC E C E C fucking it's DCEU. It's fucking DCEU, CJ. Four letters. You're fine. It. You're fine. <laughs> this is the first good movie, right? Like this is the first really, really solid I, good movie oh, since, well, and, since and he's not, Man of Steel. Okay, okay. I'll allow it. And here's the thing. Okay, so here's my opinion about La whole um, A B C D whatever we're calling it. Um, She's on board. So, She's don't on you board. listen to him? Don't you fucking listen to him? You're my friend. <laughs> I can never remember it. It's so many letters. Um, so is that I am actually not a fan of many of the other films for that reason because I kind of felt like why are we going down this like angsty like man hey I don't know I just was like why is Superman depressed? He's a superhero. Like it really, because that's the thing. I was such a super, uh, Superman fan in particular. And I was like, Superman needs to get it together. Like he's got all these amazing powers and he's like fishing and he's depressed and I just can't with it. So why I liked Wonder Woman, I know I can see your hand. I'm going to get to you in a second. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's because... Um, because it was funny and that's why I, I love it because I felt like the tone, they found the, like such a great tone of it. It's really funny. There's these tiny little moments that like on the rewatch again and again, I keep seeing them. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's really well written and, and they're all really well acted. By the way, I just got a shout out to, it's Lucy Davis, who is one of my favorite actresses. She's Etta. Mm, she's, so Etta. Yeah. she's so good. Oh, she's yeah. so, I just love her. If you like, just take a, a watch and just watch what she does. She's brilliant. Um, yeah. But um, but then they they actually um, molded into this like huge philosophical idea of like what humans are and and what matters and you know like they they take you on this like quite incredible journey when you break down like these ideas that they're presenting to us and they don't have to be depressed all the time to do it. I just like I don't so, know. This is my so own here's personal. here's the thing though, and and I feel that, but like I. I all right, I can. I have a, a hot take about this whole moment, right? Go, go. So part of one of the first chapter of this take is that part of what's strong about Zack Snyder's approach to Man of Steel is that he really leans into the fact that um, Clark slash Cal is very othered. He, he feels no sense of belonging. He's rudderless. And this is a conflict that he has within himself 
and that his first decision that he has to make is to choose a side. He has to choose between being a human who raised him or being a Kryptonian, and he has to exterminate the last of his race to save his chosen family. So uh-huh. that's part of his trauma, and that's his approach to it. I feel it because I like the Im- it leans into the immigrant allegory nature of the character. Now, as far as to speak to the humor aspect of it, I love the humor aspect of this movie. I think it's super strong. But let's be fair. When we think of a humor aspect in a superhero movie, all we think of is either Richard Donner's take on Superman in the 80s, mm-hmm. the late 70s, or early 80s. And then we think of what the Russo brothers brought to the Marvel table. Mm-hmm. Other than that, we have a whole MCU that started its career thinking it could be serious. And they didn't really crack that tone. Russo Brothers really perfected the tone, but it was the partnership of Robert Downey Jr. and John Favreau that really guided them in that direction. Like, oh, superhero movies are fun and sexy and funny, right? So we only think that that's the way it should go because of those movies. So I appreciate that Zach was trying to take these into a new direction and did something different, but uh, WB sort of started resisting that. And Suicide Squad was the first shift. Wonder Woman was the first successful shift. But that's my take on it. No, and don't get me wrong. I don't think that you need to go, like, totally humor. Mm -hmm. I just think there's a balance. For me, I just was like, I can't keep watching this guy sink into this place. Like, there needs to be some, like, you you got to, like, I'm watching a superhero movie. It's like, I'm you got to give me some light at some point. You've got to give me, like, you know... The fight, I guess, in a way. It, it, it's it's tough. It's tough with these movies because, you know, they are for, you know, like they're basically con air in, in tights. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like we have to have the action. We have to have the, the, the craziness. Right. <laughs> but the fact that we're, we're now doing these things for the I'm sorry, but that, time, that needs to be like a tagline on some. Con air in tights. It's the title of my sex tape. I love we, it. We, we, we have, we're doing these things so for so long now that we have to have different takes on them, right? And I yeah. think I think what's really great about this movie in particular is that it it's, it strikes such a great balance between what Andrew wants and what Emma wants. Yeah, I agree. Right? That's, and that's it, and it, it really lies right it. in the middle of perfection, and that's where CJ lives. Uh, yeah, per- and perfection, perfection, right <laughs> oh. there. No, and here's the thing: don't get me wrong. I I love Mia Dark narrative do you know what I mean like I really do I think it was just because I kind of was like gosh if like superheroes are depressed like man we're just it's a rough time out there you know I don't know (laughs) maybe it was because like the DC stories tend to be a little darker anyway they do you're right those characters tend to be like parents killed in an alley like like gods killing their children like you know what's funny is though they also have a history of like lightening things up you know so yeah. like Batman, they brought in Robin to give him somebody to talk to and right. to invite a younger audience. So right. like they, they do the same thing that the film franchises end up doing. They, they, they start hard to be interesting and then they like kind of soften it up to like keep people engaged. It's a, it's a fascinating trajectory. I have yeah. a question for the room. How do we feel about Steve's sacrifice? How do we feel about the concept of him sacrificing himself and him? her not being able to achieve her full power until she remembers that he said, I love you. Where are we at with that moment? Because I have feelings, but I want to hear you guys' feelings first. Emma, let's start with you. Me. Okay. I actually feel like this is both an origin 
story and a coming of age story. And I think that the coming of age couldn't have happened without that event. Like it's the kind of thing where she's going to process that and go, oh, wow, if I had gotten out of my own way and my own head in that moment, I actually probably could have saved him, but I didn't. So that's taught me a huge lesson about not just humans, but who I am in this role, right? What is my role now? Um, because that's the thing. If she hadn't like gotten angry at him and refused to get involved, she probably could have saved everything, but she didn't. So then he had to, and ultimately he said, I have to do this. Like you, we're in a situation now where you, we've got two battles we've got to fight and it's actually more important for you to go and fight this one because ultimately you're going to save the world with this, whereas I can just save right now, you know? And yeah. I think it had to happen because if it didn't happen, it, she wouldn't have learnt anything. Oh. And yeah. Okay. Yeah. I That's sort of I agree that. with that. I think that there's there's a rewrite that I'm going to make right now that's going to that's going to fix that whole moment for you, Andrew. Okay. Okay, go for it. Let me hear it. Yeah, yeah. All right. She stabs uh, Discount Ares in the chest and he dies. Yeah. Right? And she looks and she sees, oh, my God, they're still fighting. Man is bad. Right? Then she sees Steve get in the plane and sees him fly off and explode. And that's what changes her mind to go and save humanity. Right. Because I think right. you're right, Emma, like that, right. that moment has to happen for her to like really understand right. what's going on. Right. But the way that it happens and like the way that like, can she not hear him? She can't or hear him. She, she can't hear him. Cause like that's, that's some sloppy ass filmmaking because no, like the, it's she the explosion. Goes, she just got, right. she can't hear him. It's the explosion. But later she can hear him perfectly in the, in the flashback. It's because she had to process. She had to process it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway, that's I love you I mean. three thousand. But that's also <laughs> what I mean. It's the whole like, <laughs> it's the whole press process of like, and it's kind of what I meant before about it's it's posing these huge philosophical questions about life in in like twenty minutes of like a massive fighting scene. <laughs> so it's like you know how do we approach that? We've got to like give her a lot to have to deal with very quickly and the process may not happen in the way that if it had happened in another way, another sequence would have happened and everyone would have been fine and they would have got married and, you know. I actually was thinking about this though later. I was like, she never has children. And I wonder what would have happened later on. Like, first of all, can she have children? Because then it's a whole question of like, what's that whole situation? But then also well, no, she's like, a would god. She... she can absolutely have children. Yeah. Steve didn't survive, so she chooses not to really as far as we know so far who knows but like anyway but I think that like I think it had to happen otherwise she wouldn't have learned anything she wouldn't have taken the next step because she found finds out who she is but then she can't just be who she is the kind of naive um girl who's been told all these stories and fantasies and these ideas of humanity is steve her mentor like is steve though is you know like like talking about the hero's journey right is 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 he the loss right like maybe he, maybe here's my thing or, it, no 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 princess what? buttercup's the loss princess buttercup's the loss sorry princess Duh. buttercup yeah, Robin Wright Penn. Oh, Robin, Robin Wright Penn. Yeah, that's the loss. Stay with Robin me, right now. That's Stay the with loss me. of the mentor. Yeah, sorry. It's Robin I, Wright now, by the way. It's Robin it's Wright. Wright. It's just Robin Wright. She's, There's no she's pen. Got her own. Yeah, she's, she's scrapped the pen. Thank you. What yeah. happened? 
I what, did. What, why why do we lose the pen? Oh, because, because she was married to Sean Penn. Yes. yes. Yeah. And so that is no Robin longer. Wright. She's just Robin. Ladies Wright. and gentlemen, it's 2021. The year is 2021. <laughs> I'm caught up. CJ just caught up. So here's my take on that thing. And it it made me cringe the first time I saw the movie. And uh I was I, I took it better this time, but I'm still not wild about it. And I'll tell you this because of all of the things that we could have done to get her to manifest her full potential it's a bit of a letdown for me that wonder woman savior mm. of all the world defeater of the god of war Ares, could not reach her full potential without the love of a man that fucking drives me insane and it's i wish there the was a way a man, though, let me think. let me finish I, cj i won't do that I, let me finish i wish there was a way for <laughs> cj just turned his light <laughs> off he's out he quit <laughs> I wish there was a way for us to have that catharsis of her learning what she has to do and realizing that man is good and man is worth saving without she needed the, she remembers, I love you. And then she's like, oh, Steve, oh, breaking my, okay, yeah, breaking no, through. It's a, there's, I, there's a dialogue issue. There's a dialogue issue. But I think the greater point is that he sacrificed himself for uh, um, for, more, the, for the good of mankind exactly. not for her not for anything other than like i gotta save new york city right now but you right. can save the world right yeah i think it's yes i think it's london london, right? london. it's but, london um <laughs> but like <laughs> they never go to america new york city london batting a thousand tonight yeah. it's, one of, thousand. it's one of the two it's always one of the two just like pick one and you're probably right yeah um um no but I didn't take it that way though. And like, I would be one of the first people to be like, Ugh, why is it always, about? but I, I agree. I don't think it was about her love for him. I think she loved him, but I don't think it was about just like her loss for herself. I think it was about a greater loss of like this, this person that she loved, not, not that just that he was a man. But like, and then it's, he you know sacrifice. It's honest that I love you. The fact that she remembers that I love you, and that's the turn that dictates to me as the viewer that oh, the love of a man helped her achieve her full potential, and I hated it. Mm, but I, then I see, it. then she says, "I believe in love," which is a bigger concept than just being in love with one person. She's talking about love as a greater whole of like, if we're to yeah. get through the shit, then it's like we've got to like keep leaning into love for everyone. You know, what yeah, might say that Eden. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And that Beatles reference, I think we should take a break. <laughs> Let's take a break. You know, CJ, I love that we have such a litany of episodes to share with our listeners. Litany, that's a great word, Andrew. I'm glad that you said that word because it makes me think of the litany of social media options that exist in the world today. Oh, look at you riffing off of me. That's fantastic. Uh, I feel like we have a wholly underutilized Instagram and Twitter that we should be engaging with our listeners on. I would like to Instagram and Twitter with our listeners. So this is going to be the at icon or Ycon on Twitter at icon or Ycon on Instagram and coming soon icon or Ycon the YouTube channel. So please folks comment, subscribe, let us know what we're doing. Well, it can't be that much to write. Let us know what we're doing poorly and it'll make you feel like you can practice your grammar. Oh, I love that. I love that. And punctuation. Absolutely, because there's going to be a lot of sentences when it comes to giving us notes. But seriously, folks, we want to hear from you. Don't be shy. Get involved. Engage. 
and we'll keep bringing you the best of the film universes that there are. I love that. Back to the show. And we're back. We're back from break. Break is over. It's time to start again. Let's go. Oh, that timing was flawless, CJ. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome. You're welcome. That's what I'm here for. Oh, so I just feel like we had a really good digest of the first half hour. We talked about the movie. We learned some things. We agreed. We disagreed. We went on a whole journey. We are better people because of it. But now we need to get focused. We need to get specific. And we need to answer some ephemeral questions. We're talking about worked and what did not. Do, do, do. But Wonder Woman starring Gal Gadot. Do, do, do. I'm here with Andrew Sotomayor and Emma Kenlisi. We're easy. Boo, 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 boo. <laughs> Wait, so, so it was all you need is love, right? That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I got there at the end of it. That was great. Yeah, I mean, I did too, I hope. No, no, you really, it really, it really it came did, together. Yeah. yeah, it did. I, I wasn't sure where it was going, especially because it's the first time the song has not included the phrase ephemeral questions. But, um, but that was a really good theme song this week, CJ. Right, I broke it down into what ephemeral questions are. Yeah, I appreciate right, that. Right. I appreciate yeah. the artistry. I appreciate the level of commitment, you know, and your pitch center was mwah, delicious. You know, it's talking on the phone all day, selling soccer. It's the Mixie Dulcets. Selling, selling soccer. soccer. Oh, that's a whole other story. Don't even get yeah. me started. Yeah, okay, all right. Back to Wonder Woman. Emma, what worked for you about this movie? Okay. Um, I think I said it before, but I think that it was a very well done origin coming of age story. And I think it just in general, the love of the genre really came through for me. Mm. Um, I, you know, it's one of those things I was sitting when I knew I had to do this. I was like, what worked? Everything. So like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how do I break? Break that down into like thoughts. Um, no, I just, I came out of that film going, everyone should see it. I really enjoyed it. I want to see it again. So it's, I am usually pretty uh, analytical and, and will break a film down. And I really didn't want to do it for this one mm. because it really did work for me. Everything worked. Um, maybe like, you know, rose colored glasses on, but I really enjoyed it. And at the end of the day, I was like, well, that's what you want from a film, right? It's like, you want to walk away feeling like you've really satisfied, you've had a really good time and you want to see more. That was the other thing. It left me going, I can't wait for more of this story. So it worked for me. I really enjoyed it. I feel that. I, I mean, I can pick nits on this movie till the cows come home, but it really is just a success. It's a success of a movie. They really, they really nail it. Uh, CJ, what worked for you? Uh, the characters moving the story mm. rather than being moved by the story. Go deeper. Good call. So... We've got we've got this man crashing into the ocean, right? Plot, mm. and she dives in and saves him. Shot by shot homage to uh, the Little Mermaid. P.S. Oh, really? Plot, right? But then after that, I think that the way that these two characters and their ideals and their morals and their their motivations move the plot forward. Now it's funny to say that in a movie that's primarily about World War One, mm -hmm. right? Which is moving everybody. But her actions and, and his actions ultimately like turn the tide of the war. Yeah. Right. And so the, the it's it just goes to show you what you can do when you write people, mm -hmm. when you write characters and you write thoughts and you write emotions, the plot takes care of itself. Yeah. And when you get to the end and you have a big CGI fight, which is incredible and beautiful to look at, and it doesn't bother you, 
that it's so CGI and incredible and beautiful to look at because you actually give a fuck about the characters. Yeah. And I think that's what works for me. This is it. And it, it's what Marvel does great that yeah. Wonder Woman does great. And that this yeah. movie is, is the first in this line of films that really nails it. You know, Man of Steel to a certain extent, I'll give it its props, but character, 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 character. It's what works for me. Yeah. For sure. Andrew. Sir. What uh, works for you? Uh, casting. Uh, they really, really stuck the landing with the casting. This is a fantastic cast. And Patty has done a really great job of everybody knows what movie they're in. Yeah. Everybody's True. really clear on the tone of this movie. And, uh, you know, a, a good director is a good director. And that's part of the gig is to get everybody on the same page. But I think it's a big casting win that everyone really just knows what it is, you know? Everyone in the room was like, yeah, I got that. I know exactly how to deliver that for you. Because, I mean, you have the Ludendorff with Dr. Poison. And they're so removed from the narrative. You really only see the two of them having their interactions together. And it fits in so great. And it's a little bit broad. It's a little bit ridiculous. But so are the scenes with Diana and uh, Steve. And they're a little bit broad and a little bit ridiculous. Also, the chemistry between Diana and Steve is so spectacular. I'm certain that that's why when they were prepping the sequel, they're like, we have to figure out a reason to bring Chris Pine back because you just want to see two more hours of that interaction. They're so charming. Gal and Chris were just brilliant together. And the supporting cast is great. Etta steals every scene she's in. Professor Lupin is fantastic as Ares. It's so good. It's so good. Casting is what worked for me. I really, really, really felt whoever cast this movie really did a bang-up job with it. Well, it's also down to the fact that if you cast actors who get that essentially this is Shakespeare with superheroes Mm -hmm. and they understand that that means that you're going to have really intense moments but also these broader moments and it's all real... No matter what's going on, it's all real. Whether it's kings or queens or gods or whatever's happening, it's a real thing and the actors get that, then it's they're gonna like do a bang up job with it. You know? It's it, like it's why Hiddleston has made people fall in love with Loki. Yeah. Right. Right. Like Loki yeah. should not be as big of a deal as, as he is. Yeah. But it's but it's, it's all Tommy. Yeah, yeah, it's understanding that that as long as you ground that and make it real, you can pray play broad and hilarious and massive. And, and ground it, and we'll, we're going to go with it, you know. There's it a really reason. That, I mean, superheroes. It's 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 the it's it's the kings and queens, and it's those broad, massive stories. That's why we love them, right? We always want to yeah. hear about I like their epics. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's the reason yeah. Falstaffian is an adjective. <laughs> yes. Well done, sir. Very good. <laughs> All right. I went C- to college. CJ, what didn't work for you about this movie? The character development. That didn't work for you? Yeah, isn't that funny? Yeah. Talk to me. Explain. So remember those guys that Chris Pine oh, I no, for the mission? I have no idea who they are and none of their arcs are pay they? off. Yeah. Remember, yeah, yeah, no, remember, yeah. yeah they are they are they are characters that are arcless and they are they're they are some of the most important people in the movie. Mm-hmm. And that really I did not I did not appreciate that. I did not like that. I think that that doesn't work. The other thing that really doesn't work in it, I'm going to harken back to my rewrite from earlier. <clears throat> they have this wonderful moment where she stabs discount Aries and, <laughs> and the war continues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. But then she kills actual Aries 
and the war ends. If you're going to go for it, y'all, go for it. Like, make it about man. It's, he's, they're not being controlled by God by gods mm. right we, like mm. we've actually done all of this damage ourselves mm-hmm. and it takes her to step in and like save the day mm. right but like this this like the germans and the americans hugging each other at the end i'm like mm, no sorry you lost me i'm out i feel I'm that out. i feel that no. emma how about you well actually <clears throat> it's funny you bring up that moment because that was the one moment that i was like i'm sorry <clears throat> if there was one moment i had to be picky about it was that moment I also think it had to do with the fact that for me, the timeline of that whole sequence didn't make sense. I was like, why is it suddenly sunrise? Like, yeah. What's yeah, yeah. It, yeah. And, and I think that you're right. They missed an opportunity in that moment to give us more because it, it, I was like, but we were just at the ball or the, the thingy. And then suddenly, yeah, that, that moment didn't work for me. And I think it's actually, you've, you've kind of nailed also why that it was not just the timeline, but it was also like, it just like the moment didn't quite, work they didn't quite yeah. go where they could have gone they went they went back on it they, yeah. they you know they didn't they didn't go all the way and yeah. the, it's so funny that we're all on the same page about this because my what didn't work is i i wrote i have questions about the message in act three because mm-hmm. i feel like we watched a whole movie that didn't really lead up to the two messages i have an issue with cj you brought up the one that i didn't mention was that oh so it's not man it actually was aries now mm. they tried to soften that by like oh, I was just influencing them. It's all of them. But then the war is over when he dies. So yeah. it is Aries. Like they it didn't really, they didn't really pay that off. And it's it, just to give us the sunrise and the, and the whole warm embrace, the warm and fuzzies. I skate by it because the movie's so strong, but I have questions about that message. And I already spoke on this. I have questions about her manifesting her true power with the love of a man. When the first time she manifested her power was when in time he pushed her to manifest it. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So we've, we've established that in the heat of battle, she becomes that. And I would have loved Ares attacking her and telling her something or saying something like calling her weak to be the thing, to be the catalyst for her true potential that she brings it up in herself to prove him wrong. It's kind of that. And then it's kind of because Chris Pine said, I love you. And because they whiff waffle, I'm uncomfortable because it's a little bit nebulous for me. Yeah, but Emmett and I already explained that to you earlier. We had fixed yeah. that for yeah, you. Yeah, that so doesn't mean sure I agree with you, CJ. I'm not sure why, we're going, to, not sure why yeah, we're going back to it. Yeah, I feel like you missed that bit. Listen, CJ, Rewind. you and I disagree. Sometimes we disagree. Like, <laughs> I still think Last Jedi is successful. I didn't say it first, everybody. I know. I was going to. I was going to. I was going to. You were going to ask me what my special award was, and I was just going to go, The Last Jedi. Okay, great. I said it. <laughs> Ruined my bit. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, you know, I was getting nervous. We're nearing the end of the episode and it hadn't been mentioned. I felt like it had don't to be we, nervous. Andrew. Been I'll so... always take care of you. <laughs> I have no fear. I appreciate you. I uh, you. Emma, does this movie make your desert island top five? Yeah, it does. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, it does. Because I've watched it so many times now. And I will say over the last year, I've watched it multiple times. Because if it's... I ever want to feel better about the world, I'll put it on. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, CJ? Uh, yes, it does. Actually, it's coming. It's coming on the desert island on top five, even though, man, do they horribly underuse the Wonder Woman theme? Well, Mm. I only got it twice. There's a reason for that. They actually talked about that because the Wonder Woman theme was one of the biggest highlights of Batman versus Superman. Yeah. And the man that composed this score said uh, he felt like he can only use the Wonder Woman theme when she becomes Wonder Woman. And that is why you only okay. hear it after no man's land because he said he couldn't use it earlier. And then once yeah. he 
once he used it for the post No Man's Land village sequence, then yeah. it's then it's done. It wasn't then really an appropriate moment. The like the the theme, yeah, the theme is yeah. for the manifestation of Wonder Woman as a persona. Yeah, yeah. and it, and I've, he was right to do it because it's really really satisfying when it happens. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, this is still my desert island moment though, so I'm going to keep talking about it for a second. Um, <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> it's uh, wow. another reason another reason i actually gave a reason i gave a negative now i'm going to talk about a positive the fact that world war one is highlighted in this movie mm-hmm. right and patty jenkins the director said that world war one was when our civilization really started to take hold and take you know like the picture of what we are as mm-hmm. a people kind of like that was when it really it really all be- began and i love the use of the gas as a you know, because like that was some real shit. Like, yeah. so mm. many civilians were killed by mm. just gas wafting toward their villages, right? During this war, and I think that it doesn't get talked about enough. Mm-hmm. World War One, you know, because that right. was a real a real turning point in our in our civilization, and and not in a great way. You know? Well, it's interesting. I wonder though, because is it not talked about a lot in America? Because it is a bit in. Yeah, where no, I it's not up. at all. It's not at all. It's like it's World War Two and Vietnam. Like those Which, are the I mean, two makes things sense yeah. because America only really got involved in 1917. That's right. You know, so um, That's right. with but, the sinking yeah. of the Lusitania, Andrew. Oh. Well Lusitania. Yeah. I'm going to name my daughter Lusitania. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Right? <laughs> She'll have a very good childhood. Yeah. Um, with you can definitely was like. <laughs> Um, um, sorry. <laughs> I was going to go like all serious and then, um, no, I just, I agree with you. <laughs> and then Andrew and I mucked I'm it I'm going to leave it there. No, it's fine. Actually, I'm, I, all I'm going to say is I agree with you. World War One was very significant. That's my TED talk. Thank you very much. Yeah. Well, does, I, um, does, I, does this movie make your desert island top five, Andrew? It does not. Oh, it does not. Really? It does not. Shame. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love it. I love it. I think it's great. Uh, honestly, it, it doesn't hit me in the same spot that Man of Steel does, and I feel okay. like I feel like they occupy a lot of the same energy in my desert on top five. Yeah. And uh, and so while I love it, I appreciate it, and I respect it. Uh, I I honestly wouldn't have watched it again if we weren't going to do this episode. I don't need to. <sighs> I saw what really? I needed to see. I love it and enjoy it. But now Man of Steel, I, I watch at least twice a month. Like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to rewatch. Yeah, I just it's, we're we're on the flip side of that. Yeah, for sure. Well, but I mean that's I mean, but that's okay. It's it's a it's a safe space. Man of Steel <laughs> is solid. Yeah, solid, I love it. Solid movie. Solid right. movie. So here's today's random question. You ready? We're in the late '90s, and we do a situation where at the end of the movie, a random celebrity that is completely unrelated to the movie will sing the theme song. This movie comes out in 1998. What random celebrity sings the outro song of this movie? CJ. Tony Braxton. Oh, shit. That's great. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. What kind of song is it? It's like, um, it's like the song at the end of Octopussy. <laughs> <laughs> but like with, ni- with like 90s R&B flair. Oh. Where like Octopussy kind of had that like mid- to late seventies, kind of like wow, 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 wow. Yeah, right. Make that R and B, which I can't, but that's what it is. 
I love it. Emma, that's how amazing. about you? Oh, God, that's such a hard act to follow. I know, and that's a great reason. I think it's just because, like, I for Celine just popped into my head as, oh. like, a kind of, like, ballad moment. I'm sure I'm just titanicing it up right now. But, like. But that's okay, though. It, it, she would have been a top choice. Yeah. The shoe fits. Celine or or maybe Whitney. Someone of that. Like one like, of the divas. The divas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like she would have given us a whale, you know. Deborah Cox. Deborah Cox. Deborah Cox, so good. Taylor Hansen, is she still relevant then? Taylor is Hansen is a man. Taylor Hansen. <laughs> <laughs> the other Taylor. Taylor, what's her name? The one Taylor who's saying. No. Taylor Dane. Taylor Dane. Taylor, Taylor Dane. Love will lead you back. That's the one. Yeah, no, Taylor Dane. Taylor Dane. Is she still relevant no, though? Dane's I think. Good. Like, this not, is a little 90s? bit past her her freshness. Yeah, she was like, gone already. Yeah, she had she had moved on to like doing things like Aida on Broadway. She was yeah. she was an eighties celebrity, firmly an eighties celebrity. Taylor Hansen, that would have been a <laughs> that would have been a weird <laughs> left of field choice. Let's go with Taylor Hansen. Taylor. And... <laughs> anyone? Yeah, anyone who can wail or Taylor Hansen. Okay, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I would. So mine is Annie Lennox. I think think you would call Annie Lennox to do a a string-laden piano ballad for Wonder Woman. And it would be really cool and weird and and about power and about strength. You know what I mean? You should watch the credits. Watch the credits with any Annie Lennox tune playing. Oh, yeah. Because that would have been like when No More I Love Yous came out around Mm -hmm. that time period. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it would have been an Annie Lennox moment hard. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) all right special awards time cj what's your special award my special award is the chris pines mall award and it goes to patty jenkins wonder woman for successfully and unobtrusively rewriting history because what diana does is essentially turn the tide of world war one by crossing no man's land but not really, because the armistice was coming anyway. So the Chris Pine Small Award. To I love Woman. that. I love that. I live for the Back to the Future reference of it. The Chris Pine Small. It's fantastic. Emma, what's your okay, special yeah. award? Well, I don't know if I got it right, but um, I kind of have two. Um, <laughs> impressive use of slow-mo in both necessary and unnecessary moments, but I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> that's good the slow-mo award the, that's great the Zack Snyder award. award it is the yes and I realized award. that afterwards I was like it's very Snack Snyder but I'm there for it and then I actually had another one because I couldn't choose um which was Lucy Davis perfectly timed reactions both for performance and editing I felt that I just love her so she she gets she delivers a fantastic performance and they do edit her spectacularly Perfectly. like they cut to they her really face at the right times yeah. yeah yeah so they were the two that I I couldn't choose one, and I don't know if I did it right, but they're the ones that I gave. You totally did it right, and you don't have to choose. Excellent. Yeah, just show Excellent. up. Yeah. <laughs> <and play. laughs> That's it. For all 16 of our listeners, someday I'll get your oh. wife back on the Let's thread. see what happens. Yeah. Let's see what happens. Oh, man, I'm sorry I blew that for you. Um, <laughs> my special award is the Vidal Sassoon Award. Brilliant. Because I don't know what kind of rollers Diana Prince uses, but those curls 
honey, those curls, they were always yeah. magnificent. It didn't yeah. matter what yeah. she did. She was no. entering frame with those big, wavy, gigantic yeah. curls. They looked fantastic. Yeah. She's a god. She's a yeah. god. That's why people like yeah. were complaining about her fight with Ares, like that she was just, you know, just looking fierce the whole, the whole time, perfectly made up. And I'm like, she's a god. She look how she's going to look how she <laughs> wants god. to look today. Yeah. Right. Doesn't matter. I mean, uh, she heals quickly. The hair gets redone. It's like she doesn't yeah. have to do anything. Yeah. No. That's I what happens it. when you're a god, people. Jesus. Right. <laughs> Speaking of, well, I don't know if he's your god or not. Uh, this we'll is going. See. This is going down a path. Let's let's not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Big question: Is this movie an icon or a icon? Emma. I think icon. Mm. CJ? Do I have to say anything else? You don't have to, unless you want to. Do you this, want to speak on it? This film is the first time that we've seen Wonder Woman on the big screen. Mm-hmm. Right? This woman, this Wonder Woman is played by an iconic actor who has now become an iconic actor playing this iconic character in this iconic film that is an icon. 100%. Yeah. Not one hundred and ten percent. That's not a thing. Yeah, um, I will also say that I think I think it was Hillary Clinton who said, "I'm so glad that I saw it's Wonder Woman's time and that it happened in my life," which is like a huge statement, really. So yes, that's. But, but her I emails. Think. Oh God. But her emails. <laughs> no, this film. <laughs> this film is iconic. We've been talking about a live action Wonder Woman on film since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember the, I don't remember it in its initial air, but um, do you guys remember when FX only played Fox reruns? Like there was a period before FX was its own sentient cable network and it right. just played Fox reruns. Yes. You know, it was like boomerang for cartoon network. Um, yes. FX used to play the original wonder woman series uh, from the seventies. And I, I, I loved it. And there was always chatter about doing a wonder woman movie never came to fruition. Then there's the David E. Kelly series, which I, that pilot leaked and almost everybody watched it. I know I watched it. It's probably still on Vimeo somewhere. Um, but that didn't get picked up to series, uh, Adrian, uh, Palicki, I believe. And, um, you know, we just never had been able to crack that character in the modern world past, Linda Carter's portrayal of it. And so right. I think it's iconic that in a period where the DCEU was still finding its voice, we're starting to hear reports about tension on the set for Justice League, David Ayer having to undergo a bunch of reshoots. All these stories are swirling. We don't have a lot of information. Joss Whedon's coming in and all of these things. All we're hearing about the DCEU is that there's it's getting messy behind the scenes and then out of the blue this unassuming film comes out and it's supposed to be it's it's filmed and released as though it will be a big dramatic thing but the conversation it wasn't dominating the conversation upon its release Mm. you know what i mean and and wb was kind of like not involved and it shows yeah and it shows they kind of let patty and gal figure it out and Zack snyder gets a story credit because he did decide what the story was, you know, and and helped cultivate it with the writers. And uh, I just think it's fascinating that they kind of left it to its own devices. And it was so unique and so special. And I think that is part of its icon status that Patty Jenkins was able to do 
what no one else was able to do with this property. And she did it so effectively and it's so good. And yeah. it spawned a sequel that people have mixed opinions about and studios tend to get uncomfortable with mixed reviews. I think that's positive. I think that's art. If people are talking about it, that's good. I love that the three of us all enjoy this movie, but we have very different feelings on the last 15 minutes and how we take them in. I think that's a, a, another mark of success for this movie that we yeah. get different things out of it. It's right. so cool. It's it's hands down iconic. And although it will not be on the desert island with me, I will say until the cows come home that the fact that this movie exists is spectacular. It, it, it it's just spectacular, and it's a yeah, really sure. really big success of a movie. And and Patty Jenkins, I just want to see more work. Me I too. love it. I think she's Let's so go. talented. I, yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. This Star Wars, are we ready for this Star Wars she's going to do? I'm not ready. You're not yeah. ready? I'm ready for it. I'm not it. ready. I'm not I... ready. I'm going to be on the floor. I'm going to be on the fucking floor. It's going to be ridiculous. All she, all she talks about is character and things making sense. Yes. And, right. And, yes. and storytelling. Like, she's so focused on that. And, you know, you she famously... You throw a story into the X-Wings. Come on. And, you know, she famously left Thor, the Dark World. You guys know the story, right? Mm-hmm. She she left. Do you know this, Em? I don't think I do. No. She was originally the director of Thor: The Dark World, and it's part of the reason why Natalie Portman signed on for the sequel because she wanted to work with Patty Jenkins. Oh, she wow. she appreciated her work, and Patty left because Marvel was being uh, she the script they gave her. She said it's not really right, and I need to rework it. And Marvel was very insistent on those story beats being fixed. Right. And she left, and she's like, "It's just it's it's very important. Um, it's a very important moment for a woman to be directing a, a tentpole superhero movie. Mm-hmm. And if the script isn't up to par, and you won't let me fix it, they're not going to be like, oh, Patty would have done a good job if the script was good. They're going to say it's Patty Jenkins' fault.' That That's the movie. right. And she was well, exactly unfortunately, yeah. And she was she was concerned it would derail her career. Yeah, so she left. Yeah." And ultimately, she's a really good director that wants to do good material. And yeah, she, it's like and she was right. I mean, Thor: The Dark World is a piece of shit. That script doesn't work. Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't. It doesn't no. make any sense. And she was absolutely right. And they wouldn't let her tweak it. And you know, I, you know, now they know. And now she's now she's one of the biggest success stories of the DCEU. Right. And Disney has I mean, plucked you can her say for it Star so Wars. easily. You just it rolls off your tongue. Yeah, it's super impressive. I'm well, never gonna get it. Yeah, yeah, I, I believe in the both of you. Never gonna get it, never gonna get it, oh, never no, gonna get it, never gonna get it. Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> yes! Oh my gosh, this was so much fun. Emma, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you Emma, for having me, it was applause, really applause, fun. Applause. Oh, it was oh, great. You. It, it was sure. great. And and you kind of saved the day for us because when we were talking about doing this episode, we're like, nobody wants to hear two dudes talk about Wonder Woman. Like, we have to have an actual woman there discussing it with us. And I love that. you are our first female guest host. Well, I feel very honored, and I think that you should follow those instincts and make the right choice. <laughs> right? You know what's, you know what's <laughs> awesome, too, is we've never, we've never had a strictly American guest host. We've never had a strictly American guest host. That is really oh, cool. Oh, that's really cool. Right? Like, yeah. all American citizens. Like, like, are you an American citizen, Emma? Not yet. Soon to be. Okay. Soon to be American citizen. Marcos, American citizen, but like with, you know, roots. Born in Puerto Rico. Yeah. 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 Let's keep this up. Canadian. Ben was Canadian. Yeah. 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 
This is fantastic. This is great. All right. Well, that wraps it up, gang. For Icon or Wicon, I'm Andrew David Sotomayor. I'm CJ LaRoche. And I'm Emma Canalisi. And we'll see you next, next time. time. Oh, <laughs>